0: Just the Zay. Remember when I just Thank you for that time. I just what had happened was really. All right. So I am with KJ, the creator of Black Food Friday, but more importantly, the president of the clubhouse room who made the potato salad. So KJ, who makes the best potato salad? <laughs> and who Any, makes the worst potato salad?
1: Anyone? Okay, let's start with who makes the worst potato salad. Anyone who has cats that they allow to walk on their counter automatically makes bad potato salad. I don't even care if it tastes delicious. I don't want some, you know what I mean? Like, why are you letting your cat walk around your kitchen counter? That's. I'm not even anti-cats. I'm just saying, like, I am. Not, like, I mean, they're not my favorite animal, but I'm not anti cats. I just don't want them on the kitchen counter. So they make the worst. Like, whoever lets their cat roam makes the worst. Who makes the best? It has to be someone who can be classified as an auntie or grandma.
0: Yes. If
1: you can be classified as an auntie or grandma, chances are you make really good potato salad
0: yes um i also can't trust anyone who puts raisins in their potato salad
1: one thousand percent i mean that should go without saying but thank you for saying it (laughs)
0: um i also can't trust it also goes out saying whole foods one time i was instacart shopping and the woman i feel like it's necessary for me to say the woman who was checking me out she was black and she looked at me and she said you tried this (laughs) I said, no, 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 no. I'm buying this for someone else. I'm just the Instacart shopper. And so it was in that moment, I was embarrassed for Whole Foods that anyone even thought I would be buying Whole Foods potato salad. Like, what?
1: I mean, listen, uh, Publix makes good potato salad, right? And so...
0: It's only the red skin potato salad. Have you had that one?
1: Yeah, I I like that one. one. I mean, but I I think overall... They make really good potato salad. All their varieties are good. So, and their fried chicken is busting. Because so there like, are
0: aunties back there, like you just said.
1: Right. But so you're, ooh, you're right. If we use my own classification against me, there's probably not a whole lot of aunties working at Whole Foods.
0: Exactly. But the Publix, mm. Publix is a southern thing, is it not?
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like you go yeah. to like
0: you go to Publix on like Johnny Dobbs. Yeah. There's there's gonna be an auntie
1: that's you're absolutely right yeah well i went or again, there's gonna so. be
0: yeah you're right yeah yeah it's your theory <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. no but when you were gonna say something i want you to finish it because i'm sure it was gonna be great
0: um well my next thought was why is potato salad so controversial like it's like potato oh. salad is do or die like i personally i would never bring the potato salad ever and if someone asked me to bring it i would say you're trying to punk me this is a setup i would never what is this where are the cameras i just <laughs> want to know why is it so why is it so iffy with the salad
1: right 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 is a uh, punk still a thing because i was going to give an ashton kutcher reference kutcher it is reference a thing,
0: but, but it's yeah. hosted by someone else it's now a quibi show you know what quibi is
1: yeah i thought quibi was like defunct now
0: i wouldn't be surprised quibi did not get a good start during the pandemic Ooh, yeah it's meant to be on the go not for sitting at home
1: i got you very true very true <laughs> Wow, you're right. The pandemic might have definitely taken them out. Cause people are like, yo, if I'm at home, I'ma just watch TV on my laptop. Like I'm not like, why would to... I watch
0: an episode that's like four minutes long? Like why would I watch eight four minute episode long shows?
1: Mm, they got oof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> We've had some pretty good revelations already this far. Aunties and grandmas, anyone who could be classified as that, can make good potato salad, therefore. Publix, a southern-based grocery store, has plenty aunties and grandmas yep. cooking, which is why we can trust their potato salad and not Whole Foods, who probably has a bunch of undergraduate or like looking for my next gig type people yes. in the back. okay good it's stuff. a bunch like. of
0: people like me working yes. back there <laughs> it's a bunch of artists who were just freelance and they're like i heard they have really good benefits and i'm there right. to work here to get my plane tickets to maui and then i'm out yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> good point
1: this is good i like this i like this
0: but yeah but why do you think potato salad is so controversial like it mm, could start I a like- war it has started wars
1: yeah i i mean i'm gonna be honest with you i wish I wish I could answer that question, because if I could, then I would use that power for evil, and, uh, and but I don't know why it's so important, um, that's a good question, I'm like, you know, there may be some historical, some historical answers there that I need to research, and you know, uh, I like doing my Black food research, so. Yes.
0: Yeah, KJ, will you please here. introduce yourself? I'm sorry, I didn't mean not to talk over you, but you have to introduce yourself properly to the audience. I yeah. told you he was a president of a club and he created something, but I gotta let this man go in because this is, this is something special. So KJ, tell the people, introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, listen, my name is KJ Kearney. I'm a native of North Charleston, South Carolina um, and a classmate of Megan's. And I run a platform called Black Food Friday, We, I say we, but it's just me. We encourage everyone to support Black owned food and beverage makers every single Friday. I tell everyone, Black Food Fridays is like Taco Tuesdays, but for Black people food. And so I didn't start it until April of 2020. And in less than a year, we have 25,000 plus followers on Instagram and 112,000 followers as of this recording on tiktok so um yeah i couldn't i couldn't have asked for a better start
0: um so you guys you are hearing kj here on i just called the same podcast where he has also been heard um amongst the people that he's interviewed um the likes of the today show uh mm. who else all you think was the today yeah. Show right now because i fucking love the today show <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nah, today's show was a big deal and i'm not gonna front i didn't realize how big of a a deal the Today Show was because I don't watch the Today Show and I don't read their website and I told my Ouch. homeboy yeah I told my homeboy who's a publicist and you know I was like yo somebody from the Today Show reached out but it wasn't TV and he was like so? like The website is still massive bro like get that take that opportunity so to answer your question yes Today Show I've been mentioned in Good Morning America uh, BET wrote about Black Food Fridays on their website uh, the takeout site, which is one of my favorite food blogs, um, Condé Nast Traveler,
0: yes,
1: uh, New York Times, you know, I've been mentioned there as well. So I'm blessed, you know, to be covered both locally, Charleston City Paper, Charleston Magazine, Post and Courier, but also these national and international publications. I'm, I'm so thankful for all these opportunities.
0: Okay, so you're clearly a foodie, but can you cook? No. <laughs> I
1: can answer that very quickly no, <laughs> no period no period bro and and to be fair I don't know if I could cook because I've never really taken the time to my whole life you know my father and my brother are really good at cooking so they like to cook you know I got aunties that, that are good at cooking I got um in college you eat whatever right. and then after college I was blessed to have a girlfriend or girlfriends who were all really good cooks. So I've never really had to learn, or or rather I've never really forced myself to learn how to cook anything other than super basic things. So maybe, you know, instead of saying no, I'm gonna say maybe.
0: Undecided.
1: Undecided, <laughs> yeah.
0: What like, okay, so if we were going to describe your relationship to food, like an Instagram, I mean like a Facebook status a Facebook relationship status, what is your relationship to food? Is it It's complicated? Is it intimate? Is it an open relationship? Mm,
1: what would an open relationship with food look like? I kind of want to select that just because it sounds very provocative and gets the <laughs> people going. Um, but I would probably say complicated, man. I would say complicated. I would say complicated because... You know that's a question i get all the time can you cook or i get invited to a lot of chef conversations because people just assume that i'm a chef or some kind of cook and i have to be like actually i just eat your food i don't cook the food but you're a
0: historian of the food
1: yeah something like that and 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 even that right i didn't i never called myself a food historian like all these publications that were writing about me they called me a food historian so it's kind of like well i do present a lot of food history maybe i am a food historian you know like <laughs> I, I don't know like you know so that's Shut down also- the
0: imposter syndrome you are a food historian
1: okay fair enough i'm i'm a food historian on the very light level i'm i'm a very approachable food historian right like uh i feel like my
0: sure okay. you're not like mm-hmm. right 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 oh.
1: Yeah, I don't really have time for being hoity-toity about food. You know what I mean? And food shouldn't
0: be hoity-toity.
1: I mean, listen, Megan, I think there's a time and place for everything, right?
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: For instance, I wish Black American cuisine got the same level of academic rigor as French cuisine. right as spanish cuisine Mm -hmm. as some of these other cuisines that get highlighted and elevated and treated like they're god's gift right i would like black food to be treated the same way whether it is Geechee, whether it is you know new orleans you know whether it's mississippi Mm -hmm. like nashville hot chicken i want all of it to be treated with the same level of rigor as let's say french cuisine you know i keep bringing that up but that's not my ministry you feel me like that's not my lane so there are people who do that and they're really good at it but that's not what i want to do that's not how i want to approach this so again that's why i say i think there's room for all of us in this lane
0: you were just always one of those guys when i was in charleston you were just always about town Mm -hmm. like I feel like there was like a particular set of guys I can think of that were just like they go into this group of like movers and shakers, but and in, in particular these black men who are movers and shakers, and I feel like a lot of them that I'm thinking of that come to mind are like you know, I think of like Joseph, I think of Femi, Ooh. I think yeah. like, like I think of Patrick Marzette, I think of. Uh, Manny Houston like I think of like a lot of people in that group who have just like movers and shakers but I'm also like but there were these black men who were just known for not just being like you know just one tier like what's what's the word like monolithic maybe or just like one trick pony like y'all are just like so all-encompassing and I just was like I would see you from afar and I'm like oh my god this guy is like out here so then when I saw you in this film program that KJ and I are in and our mentor is T. Brown a producer an LA producer I was like and my audience you know I did this program last year I mean my sister were the winners of it and we came into it the second year and we saw the people that were in this group and my sister and I were shook like we were like everyone in this film group is like already doing ish and then when i saw you were in this group i was like oh it's real it's so real if, if really? this guy is in here
1: i do uh, like I'm, I'm not first of all congratulations on your win the previous year Appreciate second of that. all uh, you want to talk about stories i got a story about my application process that we could talk about like how i even got into the program um that's that's an interesting story but and then lastly i would say um
0: wait so explain how did you get in
1: oh well well let me just say i'm flattered that you have um you know such not just high thoughts for me but everybody in the room because you're right everybody in the room is very talented and so there are people who are with us who have already done some pretty amazing things And, um, you know, just give a shout out to Effie, because even though they have done amazing things, they're still in South Carolina. Right. And so to break into this Hollywood, New York City mold, you need people like Effie who already have those connections, who can be like, I speak for Megan, like I vouch for KJ. So, yeah, we're all talented, but we're all still looking for that opportunity to do what we do.
0: So you get into the program and you have this cool idea. And what was the idea? What's the idea that you've been working on? But then yeah. you to tell us the idea and then tell us what Effie said to you initially.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, my idea was basically taking what I'm doing on Instagram, highlighting Black-owned food and beverage makers and turning it into a travel, you know, an episodic travel TV show. And so... Um, you know, I wrote up the, my, uh, my concept and my show Bible and, you know, all, the look book, you know, because we had to do all that for class. So I did all that stuff and, um, you know, submitted it and Effie was like, <laughs> Effie was like, yo, first of all, she said this has legs, which I'm learning in the industry means like, oh, this literally could be a thing yeah right so she was like oh this has legs which was
0: this ain't no yeah. little mermaid
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, stop. Stop. that was good this ain't no little mermaid and so uh yeah so she was like this has legs i really feel like this can work you know i think this is something that people are buying this is the kind of content that networks are buying right now but she was like i also appreciate that you put that in each episode, you would be meeting up with a famous person because you're not famous enough to carry a show like this. And I was like, on one hand, I was like, you right. That's why I put famous people in the show. Like, not only do I want to meet these people, but I think <laughs> it would draw in their respective audiences to the show.
0: But also, but after, I want to meet these people. <laughs> yeah, all,
1: let's keep it funky, right? But then after that, I was kind of like, "Hmm, I wonder if I can quote unquote make myself famous." And so, um, I attempted to do that. Like, I attempted to try to make myself famous. Um, and you
0: set out on this mission when?
1: Um, I set out on this mission January twenty twenty one. January, bro. <laughs>
0: y'all uh, it's only march
1: <laughs> it's only march yeah so at any rate uh i yeah january i was like okay i'm gonna try to get famous i don't know how to do it but i'm gonna try and uh, my friend anella malik who runs a food blog called feed the malik she was telling me for months bro you gotta get on tiktok you gotta get on tiktok and so i got on tiktok in november of 2020 i maybe made seven eight videos right between November when I got on and, like, January 5th. I made, like, seven videos. Nothing crazy. Um, And, you know, they got views, more views than I'm used to on Instagram What was the videos. first
0: video? What was the first video about?
1: I don't even remember. I think it was something like how you can support Black-owned restaurants. You know, like, it was something very simple. But I tried to, like, do a dance with it because everybody else was dancing.
0: Don't worry. We'll post it to the Instagram, y'all.
1: Yeah, there you go. Do it. Do it. So I think I was trying to do like, you know, pointing things where people- You point. were not
0: trying to do a TikTok dance. <laughs> yeah, girl itself was not doing a TikTok dance.
1: I was. Well, it wasn't a dance per se, but like I said, you know, where people point and then the words pop up type deal. It was more so one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those things.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. Um, I think that was the first video. But anyway, I was like, you know, she told me to get on it. I was doing it. It was all right. But then I was like, I'm not about to like invest a whole bunch of time into another platform um and just repeat either what other people are doing cuz I'm I'm almost 40, bro. Like I'm not about to be out here dancing. Like that's not me. Um I don't have a problem with it. Like I love watching people You're like, dance. Like I don't
0: have the energy for this, you know. I'm
1: just not trying to do it, bro. Like I'm just that's not me. So um you know, I got nieces like they dance on TikTok. Like that's That's not my jam. So anyway, um, I was like, well, I don't want to copy what I'm doing on Instagram and I don't want to just do what other people are doing. So if I'm going to do TikTok, I'm going to do it my way. And and so the good news is at that point uh, of 20, well, at the beginning of the new year, I set one new year resolution, one. And that was to create more qualitative goals and less quantitative goals. So less goals that are focused on numbers. Because a lot of these numbers we chase are arbitrary, right? Yeah, 10,000 followers sure. on, on Instagram. What and does the that numbers actually will mean?
0: hinder your creativity.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you focus it on those numbers. So I made the, the resolution to only, to mostly focus on qualitative goals. Like if I make a video on TikTok, I want people to feel some kind of way. Okay, well, how do you want them to feel? I don't know. Let me think about that. Hmm. You know what? When somebody watches my video, I want them to finish watching the video and go, huh, I didn't know that. Like, that was, that's the goal. That was the qualitative goal. So the first video I did in that vein was the Why Black People Love Hennessy video. And that went bananas. Like, it took off. People, like, I'm on Twitter, but I'm
0: not. Hashtag alone, Hennessy, forgive it.
1: Right, probably you it might have been it. But like you know when something goes viral, when people you don't know are retweeting you on Insta on Twitter, like, oh, look at this video. And I'm like, bro, that's me. You know, what like, like, what
0: does that feel like to describe it. Like you're like, that's me. They like me. They really like me.
1: Yeah, you know what? It was less of a they like me and more of like a oh, snap, this qualitative thing
0: works. And they you get know, it. For
1: me, that was it. It was like setting goals that reach a specific emotional outcome are more conducive for how I like to create content. So instead of creating content with this ideal of, all right, I better get X percent of engagement, I'm just going to create things that answer emotional questions for me. And that's how I've been running my TikTok ever since. And we went, and no BS, bro. From November to January 5th, I had 40 followers. The next week, I went from 40 to 42,000
0: <laughs> in a
1: week. And I'm like, this is insane. And so I kept making videos, and the numbers just kept jumping. Thousands. Did you feel any
0: pressure after you made like one video like that basically goes viral? Did you then feel the pressure of like what if the next video doesn't go viral?
1: No, because you know qualitative mindset. That's it. I was just on the quality. I felt like if I make qualitative goal, well, if I make content with that qualitative goal in mind, it's gonna, you know, people go rock with it because I'm satisfied, I'm providing a service, and they seem to be satisfied
0: this podcast we love to tell stories but at the end of the day we also love to talk about reality tv Mm. and particularly bravo (laughs) i don't know if you know anything about bravo or real housewives um or married to medicine or summer house all on bravo tv um but that's that's our jam so my question to you is if you had to attend a dinner party hosted by any bravo celebrity, any real housewife whose dinner party would you want to go to and the other part of that is because you're on TikTok, are there any TikTokers or um, YouTubers or just like anyone who's like internet famous whose dinner party you might also want to attend?
1: Okay, okay, okay. So for the, for the Bravo dinner party, I would probably go with candy.
0: Yes, I would choose the same answer. You tell me your reasons first.
1: Yeah, well, number one, I don't watch those shows that often. I'm going to be honest with you. But what I do admire about Candy is how she's evolved over time to not only stay relevant, but continue to provide opportunities for people around her and make money without looking like a clown. You know what I mean? So she's very business minded. Now, I don't know if she's good at holding conversation. We would find out at this dinner party, right? (laughs) But- what I do know is I would be interested in hearing about how do you go from R&B singer to like television reality star to creating real products in the world that people are buying like and restaurants and all these other things that she's been able to do without being like the the, the explosive personality on that show. Right. I really you know and, and, and nothing against any of the other ladies like if they wanted to have dinner with me, NeNe Call oh. me, bro. Like, I'll be here, yeah. bro. Phaedra, holler at your boy. Whatever
0: the theme is for the dinner party, we're in there.
1: We're in there. I'll go. But if you're asking me who the one person I would choose, it would be it would be Candy.
0: I agree. Totally Candy. First of all, Candy owns a plethora of restaurants around Atlanta. So, you know, worst comes... Worst case scenario, she's going to have that thing catered and the catering Mm -hmm. is going to be good. No one ever complains about any of her restaurants as far as the menu goes. Yeah, yeah. Second of all, Candy's the kind of girl I like because I love, okay, even I'm not going to take leftovers, I love leftovers. And when I walk to a dinner party or anyone's house for dinner, I need to see a bounty of food because my my anxiety is that people are going to run out of stuff. That is my anxiety. Uh... Anytime I go to eat at anyone's house, I'm like, what if they run out? Like I can even think back to like elementary school when they're passing out snacks and I'm like, what if they run out on my snack that I want before oh. they give it to me? This is a legit anxiety I have, y'all. Like people, if you run out of food on me, don't invite me over and you run out of food.
1: I, Candy, I get that.
0: Candy always has a bounty of food and she mm. always talks about how much she needs to have a lot of food in front of her. So I respect that. So interesting. I know i could take a doggy bag at her place like i know like i'm getting food to go and i also she wouldn't judge me for making a to-go plate before i make my real plate that i'm gonna eat
1: you're one of those people (laughs) oh i'm i am i am strictly on the everybody eat first and if there's leftovers then you know second plate third plate you want to make it and put it in the car fine but don't here's my problem with people like that right
0: (laughs) Here's my problem with you people.
1: <clears throat> you people. Here's my problem with you people is that the make my plate put in the car group of people, they always take the best looking piece of of meat. Yeah. Right? They get the corner piece of mac, mac and cheese, <laughs> yeah. right? They oh, get well, you the
0: line first.
1: Yeah, they get the can- like they, they get the candy, the yams that are actually caramelized on the top. Like they, they get all the best parts and then they hoard it for themselves for later. Nah bro, No, no. Because you gotta get here. the
0: best pieces because you're gonna have to eat them later. So you know that the best piece is gonna ensure it's gonna be the best quality for later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get I get why y'all do it. I still don't like it. So let everybody eat, and then whatever's left, then yeah, we we break it up, we divvy it up.
0: All right, I'm gonna let everyone eat, but I just want people to know that in the back of my mind, I'm having a mild anxiety attack I see that. while I'm eating <laughs> because I'm nervous that there's not enough to take home.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Um, and okay, so to answer your second question, I don't really follow a whole lot of people on TikTok. Um, so there's this um, there is this dude who was a i want to say he that i follow he's like a national like a collegiate debate champion um his name is Conscious Lee, black dude long uh long dreadlocks his name is Conscious Lee. uh sometimes he says some wild stuff on the internet but if people call him on it what i admire about him is that he'll make another video where he's like yo thank you for bringing this to my attention I didn't realize that what I said was problematic. Good looking out. Thank you for you know putting me on game. Like I respect an individual like that. So I like his videos. He has like a million followers on TikTok. He's
0: a debater.
1: Yeah, he like, well, I think he's a college professor now, Ooh. but he was a like a fame, like a, a national champion college collegiate debater. Like he was, he was he was up there. Um, I think he I think if I remember correctly, he went to like University of Oklahoma um but either oklahoma. way
0: so clearly we're going to this dinner party for conversation and not for food
1: i don't know i mean unless listen, we're getting do-
0: steaks omaha i mean oklahoma yes
1: omaha is not in oklahoma but i'm gonna let you <laughs> i'm gonna let you live but um
0: <laughs> okay nebraska it's like it's like out there it's like you because know like middle of america
1: <laughs> hear me out though you might have some listeners from nebraska who Come are on, gonna nebraska be- who are gonna hate on you just like you hate on other people because they'll be like i remember that time she said omaha was in oklahoma i can't wait till i meet her i'm gonna check her so you know that Look, energy when I come this back podcast to you.
0: starts touring and we come to your city in omaha nebraska kansas city
1: see see that's not <laughs> me, correct y'all. me then that's megan that's not me saying this uh <laughs> I respect the great state of Nebraska. I respect Nebraska because they have a major city uh, called Kearney. So that's my last name. So I'm going <laughs> to shout them out. Hey, hey.
0: Go on to your people. There you go. Hopefully the food's good over there.
1: I will see. I've never been to Oklahoma, so I would love to go, and I would love to eat whatever Oklahoma food means.
0: I, feel like I, would, I would love to do. Like I feel like Oklahoma's known for cattle.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I guess. I wonder if they have like their own version of Wagyu beef or Kobe beef. Like, I wonder if Oklahoma has their own version because that would be dope.
0: I bet you they do, and I bet you like they have the best potatoes over there too.
1: Probably. I don't know. We're just giving them all the the hearty. <laughs> and I bet you their
0: milk is the best. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> just like giving a... <laughs> them
1: the best milk of all time.
0: Fill in the blank. I just called to say, being a foodie is.
1: Ooh gosh, this is good. I just called to say being a foodie is expensive.
0: <laughs> Can, are you writing? Do you get tax write-offs? Are we are, are we a viable business? I yeah, you're right. Yeah, is-
1: <laughs> so I Black Food Fridays is a business. And so when I go support black owned businesses, I'm paying with my Black Food Friday.